Leafs Talk, J.D. Bunkus, and the man, the myth, the legend, Justin Bourne. Brother, what a hockey game. What a night for you to do the show. I know. This is so great. Usually you guys are like, hey, Arizona, Tuesday yeah. night. What do you think? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> you want to do the second half of the Columbus Blue Jacket back to back? Rangers Saturday night. Let's go. That was a great game. It really was. What a spectacular hockey game. Honestly, there's like, this is a tough one because normally, so I take my notes throughout the game. That's my process. And then I start to filter the top notes or the biggest notes to the top above all the stuff from each period. This yeah. one is cluttered. I'm not going to lie. Like this one ended yeah. up very, very cluttered because of uh, all of the things that happened in this hockey game. But I got to start with this. Okay. Leafs win. They, they blow a lead late. They played yeah. what I thought was a terrific hockey game. It really delivered. This is a, a Rangers team that's won 11 of their last 12 games. Yeah. The Leafs, I believe, have won seven of their last eight. So just, you know, two immovable objects meeting each other. I thought Toronto was completely up to the task. But mm -hmm. let's start with the new new, which is the John Tavares line tonight. They bump. Yeah. They bump Nick Robertson out. They send him down to the Marlies. And Elliot Friedman reports that they tell him not to get too comfortable this time around. And it's only because he has a two-way contract. Callie Yarncroc gets re-injected. And John yeah. Tavares finishes the night with seven shots. What do you think of that line? Love that line. And you know what? Yep. Not just like tonight. I, uh, that's a line for me. I'll go ahead and declare it. That's a playoff line for me. Like I, I know it's only been, I'm, I'm not playing the result. Cause I text you early in the game. Uh, you know, that this is something I really liked as a fit for Tavares, two guys who really skate and really work and can really finish if they get the puck comes to them. But it just felt like a line you trusted out there. And when Tavares centers a lot of lines, I don't often feel that way. So, um, you know, I think what do we got here for stats in their ice time tonight, shot attempts, 22, seven shots, 14 to two uh, expected goals, 96% they carried, uh, tweet. So they, Ooh. they had a night boy. 96% is a sexy amount of percent. That's like the smartest kid in your right? high school in test percent. That's a good one. <laughs> I've heard everyone gets that as a grade now, by the way. I heard that grade, it's like, oh, there's like yeah. a grading thing now. It's just easy, I guess. Hey, guess what? I've already given up on the next generation. It's over. Okay. That's <laughs> it's nice. Over. You got 95% yeah, go. We had a good run as humanity. Then phones <laughs> came in and it, it was all downhill from there. Uh, I just love how heavy they felt uh, yeah. below the dots. Just Strong on pucks. Yeah, it felt like the Leafs haven't really had... I know that Marner and Matthews can play that like two-man game that can involve a cycle, but yeah. I wouldn't consider them a cycle line, even though no. Matthew Nyes can go and dig it. It's just that... They, they run it up high, right? They use the, yeah. the high part of the offensive zone. They're just everywhere. They're just mm -hmm. dominant. They're incredible. There's no area in the offensive zone that they have to work it within. To Mitch me, it was like, right now is wild, by the way, but I know we're not talking about that. Well, I mean, yeah, he's, uh, I, I got, I got takes with Mitch Marner right now. In terms of oh yeah. Level. Well, I just think he's back to being the engine of the team thing. And you know, yeah. when you feel the best about the Toronto Maple Leafs, Buddy, you, you, you let Kip put the engine word in, you're letting him, you're speaking his talking points. You let it get to you. First of all, he took that talking point from me. I got I got <laughs> clips of Mitch Marner, the engine of the team from like 2017, but it it I just don't think it's a coincidence that whenever we feel the best about the Leafs, it's when Mitch Marner looks like he's at his very best. But anyways, yeah. I digress. The the Tavares line tonight, just the low cycle, it felt like a throwback line. And I just yeah. really like having two players that will relentlessly pursue pucks 
in the offensive zone and allow John Tavares to play like a more offensive player where he can just be the guy who is unafraid at all times to let it rip. Not like he ever really yeah. has been, but when you're playing with William Nylander, right? He's going to take up a lot of the, the, the ice. Like he's yeah. going to take up a lot of the possession. Tavares just kind of gets to sit in front of the net, rip pucks from the slot. I yeah. love the fit of this. I'm with you. I just, I don't think what we saw tonight is going to be some type of flash in the pan. I, I think this no. is going to end up staying aligned. And what I really like about it is like for your third line, you're not going to get a ton of chances, right? Like they're not going to create a million opportunities per game, but all three guys can shoot the puck. Like Yarn Croc scored 20 last year. We know he can shoot it. It's probably his yeah. best attribute offensively. Uh, McMahon can rip it. And Tavares, we know he's one of the elite goal scorers of his generation, just knows where to be and how to finish and whatever. So mm -hmm. they're not going to be tic-tac-toe. Like when Domi's out there creating offense, it's always like, can he thread it through the tuck, through the holder of this guy's skate to, you know, like that's, these guys are going to play and when they get a look, they're going to shoot it. And for a third line, it's going to go in a few times for you and you go, great. One every couple of games, we're happy with what you guys are doing. It just makes sense to me, that group. Who would have ever thought that the Leafs spreading out the talent would result in something positive? It's not even just that. How do you not try it? I know. Now? Just try <laughs> and, it. Uh, like years of this years <laughs> let's just see i don't know let's just see well and they lucked into it right yeah. like this is something that they fell into ass backwards and they went oh i, I guess so <laughs> <They're> looking, <laughs> he's looking around guy has anyone thought of this i, I guess every blogger in, in ontario is just so it, it was a, it was a bit of a weird game for me because um i'm i love the chemistry that you're seeing from the nylander line but Nylander gets benched in this hockey game for the reasons mm. why you're also afraid of that line. And there's also, yeah. there's been a lot of discourse over the last 48 hours about whether or not uh, you can have Max Domi be your second line center. But to me, this is sort of like the, the, the blue line debate where you go, all right, are they really a second line though? If you can lean on Tavares's group for a meaningful, and I know there's overtime in here, so, but it, okay. so it ends up being like close to 17 minutes. But if you can kind of spread those responsibilities amongst those three lines, I think it just it alleviates pressure from having the quote unquote like second line, much like with the blue line pairings. I think that if you can have three really good pairings, then you don't really have a true traditional number one. And that takes the pressure off of the kind of guy that you have to have say next to a Morgan Riley if, you know, Ilya Labushkin didn't get hurt in the second period of his debut game. Yeah. Um, so I like, I kind of like the point about like, what if instead of, uh, you know, that's our second line, you have two lines where you go, that's all a second line in a bit. It's 2.1 yeah. or 2.2. 2. They're I'm both okay our that. second lines. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I, I don't like that line um, with Bertuzzi, Nylander and, and uh, Domi. I just, there are three guys who are prone to disappearing for stretches and don't really push the energy or the, you know, the, the play when they get opportunities, they can do stuff, but um, it needs work still a little bit, but yeah, they can make plays and finish. So um, is the Labushkin thing next or, or Marner? Or where do you want to? Yeah. I, I think we should go to the Rempe stuff. Cause I think Rempe totality is the, and, and like it starts with Labushkin thing. I just want to make one small case for the Domi line. And okay, I thought okay. about it tonight, which is this. It They kill me in the D zone. It's terrifying. And I, I do think we should spend a second looking at that film because I I wanted to ask you a question specifically about that goal against and, and what yeah, yeah. Can... responsibility is. Because it's pretty clear what William Nylander does is 
some of the stuff that will just always pain you with William Nylander, right? Like he flies the zone and he doesn't come in and back check. And then it's his guy that ends up getting time and space and then ripping the goal, right? So there you see Nylander leave the zone and all of a sudden they just walk it in and Lafreniere can tee one up. But on this goal, what is Domi's responsibility here? Because it's like either sink lower or be higher. He just looks a little caught in between to me. I wonder what you thought about it. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, looking at it at a glance, like they got a third guy high. Lafreniere is coming from quite high. He probably needs to come out because the you know Riley can take Trocheck and Labushkin can confront the other guy there. So I think I think Domi does need to come out. I don't know if you saw my article on Friday. Uh, I did. It, it was great. No, yeah, thanks. It just Domi a couple times gets caught right. Like, am I boxing this guy out? Am I a winger? He really. That's a big position to be a centerman low in your own zone in a playoff series and. It, you know, we're 25 games from that and he's making mistakes like this. I can really see us being like, who would have thought the thing that happened all year came back to hurt us, you know? So I don't, that's part of the reason I don't love him in that spot. But the Nylander thing was funny. Eh? Like, oh, good. We got the highlight on him. Look at the poke and maybe he'll go for a breakaway. Then a big loop out to the center yeah. logo. If he stops, he's right where Lafreniere is going to end yeah. up. Yeah. It's a tough look for him. <laughs> it really yeah, I mean, is. It it's, it's, and it's not great that that camera trails him there. The entire time as he's doing it, uh, yeah, and they even get the the highlight thing up there. The I love that his thing. loop circled where the shot came from. That made yeah, me happy. It's it's not a good one, but okay. This is my case for these guys. They're yeah. never going to impress in the D zone. It's funny because they actually got a defensive zone draw in the first period that I noted, where Sheldon didn't have to leave them out, and he did. And they had a beautiful breakout. They stop a play. They get the puck out, and they actually drew a penalty. It's when they got the the high stick, and I went mm. ooh. That's really promising. And then later, you know, in the first period, that ends up happening. But what I really like about the line, for me anyways, is you have – it just lets Bertuzzi be so Bertuzzi. He gets that tip that that goes in the net tonight and, like, the confidence that he's playing with. It's two excellent playmakers, one guy that's going to rip a shot from wherever he is. Offensively, I really like the mix. It's just yep. can you guys do enough where it doesn't feel – like you're letting one in every single night, that it's not just yeah. a 50-50. Can you slide it to 60-40? Because then if that Tavares line is real for me, I'm okay with it. Because, of course, would you rather have you know a, a better second-line center, someone that has more of a 200-foot game, someone that is a little bit more responsible in their own end? Absolutely. But it just gets to the same thing, which is at this deadline, who is that player that you're going to be able to yeah. get that's the upgrade over Max Domi? And if you can point to that player – then I totally understand it. But if you remove him now from that role, I just don't know where else he's supposed to go on this team now. Yeah, so I, you know, it's a tough spot. And I know, um, you know, it's it's a weird spot because I don't think Domi deserves criticism this season. Three million bucks, he's played well. He's been a good Maple Leaf. He's worked hard and, and made plays and all that. But, you know, I, I don't know if I've said this to you before, but it reminds me of Lilligren in years past where I go, what is the situation where I want this guy on the ice? What's the game state? You know, and for Lilligren, it was always, he's not really an offensive guy. He's not really defensive. You know, it wasn't there. Domi, I kind of feel like that. Like if you're down in the game, I could see you being like, okay, he can do a thing that could break a goal, a game open. I can see it, but I just, anything close within one goal, I don't trust it. I don't love it. So yeah, I, I Adam Henrique is a name that comes to mind and I know he's going to be expensive, but you know, can Domi be, I don't know, can you find a way to play him f- 13 minutes a night? And if you're down, all of a sudden he plays 17 that night, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think in an ideal world, that's where he'd be. 
I just, yeah. again, I have a tough time seeing the picture of you bring in that Henrik guy or you have the assets for it, that it is an automatic upgrade when they have to figure out that chemistry and that work on the fly within 30 games. But then yeah. also where you slot Max Domi, considering that we now like that Tavares line, you're not bumping him out to the wing and having him replace Matthew Nyes. And now all of a sudden you have a fourth line that has a bit of an identity and uh, it's just all of a sudden it's like, what, he's off the roster? Like it's just, it kind of feels like- do money out, I mean- if if he's out in a trade, then maybe. But it's like as of right now, I think that would be really tough to do. You know, like you're yeah, you're a day and, removed. And crummy to do to a guy. You know? Awful, awful to do. I think it would really kill, like the vibe of the team if you moved yeah. Max Domi at the deadline and said, "Remember that cool? Who was the? I wish I could name the guy's Twitter handle because he did such a good job. But everybody saw the. I think it's Flow Buds or Flow. Uh, I, sorry, I'm sorry, I really am. But that guy that did the graphic design of the. Bertuzzi and, and Ernie stuff, yeah, yeah, they were great. The Beavis and Butthead yeah. one is spectacular. Yeah. Like, if I wasn't in media, I would 100% own that shirt. I would have DM'd him <laughs> and like, how much is this? I'm buying this tomorrow. Um, okay, so let's get to Rempy. Uh, let's start with the charge because this is the charge. Like, oh my god, they they yeah. will show that. I promise they'll show that preseason <laughs> next year to players being like, this is a charge. Yeah, uh, Jobo, run the clip and you can run it from both angles because. I actually, what? Well, let's just start with your thought. What did you think? Second of time he did this to Labushkin in the game, by the way. Yeah, but what did you think about Bush before this? Uh, like, look at how far he comes. Like, and he and jumps and too. leans, and like Labushkin's huge, and he just looks like a dwarf compared to the. My yeah, that's is, a bad. I don't want to do. I, I'm not I, like I. I always talk about how I try to avoid ref talk because I feel like we get enough of it in this market, but. How do you miss yeah. the six foot nine train running? Well, from? And what's crazy is the ref has to get out of the way so he doesn't die. Can we yeah. show that again? The refs in the corner, like, oh my god, this guy's charging! Yeah. Like he's, he recognized the charge and had to get out of the way. Yeah, insane, not sure how they missed that one. Oof, no. it's so violent. I thought Labushkin was playing well up before that point. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I am a Labooster, if you will. I am a big fan of the way the fit he is for this team. I thought he steps up on every entry. Like, you know, no one breaks into the Leaf zone easily when he's there. I'm not going to tell you that he's anything, you know, more than whatever a 6D who's got to do what Shen did with Riley last year or what he did with Riley the year before. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he is what he is. But I like the player for what the Leafs' needs are. And the second he's out of the game, all of a sudden you're protecting a lead. And you're like, I bet he would have been out there there. You're killing a penalty. It's like, I bet they'd have had him on the ice there. You and I have talked about fit on the decor forever. And he actually fits. Well, you know, I, I know we said Rempe in the charge. So we're going to go back and forth on this one. Yeah. Jobo, now I want the clip from the game time goal because I had the same thought of, is he on the ice there playing his natural side? And if he is, does he give you a better box out than what Morgan Riley has? Like, well, I, I Riley's a left shot. This isn't even yeah. all Riley's fault. He's, he's playing the offside, so he's, yeah. he doesn't have the right-handed stick to make a play. Mm -hmm. You know, like that. No, it definitely doesn't go in if you have a right shot guy there. It's, it's at least affected differently. So I think that's a great point. Mm -hmm. so anyways yeah that's the game time goal I you're right i didn't want to overly criticize riley but yeah it's like he clearly can't handle it based off of where it's coming if it is a right shot guy it lands right on his stick for a clear yeah like he, and he sees it the entire way and then bang and instead it's trocek and he rips one home which at the time i felt horrific yeah not sure if you remember this but there's a play 
second period maybe where the shot hits the post behind uh, Samsonov and Labushkin keeps Kreider from scoring like barely, like Kreider still gets a piece of the puck and it very nearly goes in. It's Labushkin as a right shot, strong guy who gets just enough on Kreider to keep that one out of the net. So I don't know what his numbers look like tonight. I just know he's a guy I think that fits what they needed. So hopefully he's okay. I tell you what, he that's a bad hit he got hit with. I don't think he's going to be fine tomorrow morning. No, uh, he's holding his head and not to read too much into that. But yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, I, it didn't look good. It's a six no. foot nine guy that skated from across more than half of the sheet of ice and landed it. Oh, is this the play? Sure. Watch Labushkin uh, get a keep Kreider stick from getting to this one here. Good pull, Joe. He's, he's able to get in on on uh, Kreider's hands, who gets to the back door right here. He slides. Labushkin's able to get just enough on him to keep it out. Well, and he's strong so good. enough to, when he puts this his body on someone. One. He's able to just influence a big, strong guy in Kreider. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. But that's what I mean. Is like when he's so big and strong that he, when he puts his body on you, the play stops. He had another one in the first period where it was behind the net. And he just kills a play. And that's exactly what they talked about when they brought him in is we want someone that's going to kill plays. And he did it a couple of times tonight. Again, granted, short strengths, not trying to make this guy out to be like, you know, he's Chris Pronger. But oh. I just think he keeps it simple. He's a right shot. The, and when he touches you, you feel it. And so hopefully he's back soon. So Rempe take, makes that hit. And immediately you go, oh, well, now you have to fight. That's exactly now, it. I was like, I, I was like, I didn't think they had to fight, and that happened. I was like, mm, now, now yeah, it has to. Happen. Now, now you got to fight. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I don't know if they, if somebody told Reeves that if they everybody saw it, what the messaging was, but Rempe looks back to the bench before the fight happens. Like it seems as though he needed the clearance. Oh, he he needed coach's permission for sure. Yeah, and. Some people are interpreting that as like a reluctance of, from Rempe. And I'm like, I don't think that's what that was at all. No, that's I want to stay in the NHL. Coach, you told me I can't do this. Is I'm, I'm doing this. Are we good? Yeah. So I have a ton of respect for the kid. Like, I hate that he had the charging play. It's a dirty play. It's an ugly play. I think he should get at least a fine for it. Um, I don't think that he'll end up getting suspension. It's a charge. It's just a, it's a missed penalty to me, not uh, a suspendable offense. Like, do you agree? Disagree? I agree. I, okay. you know, yeah, I agree. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's a fine. So, but for him to step in against Ryan Reeves with that face, and I actually I don't like looking at the Twitter replies often. I usually mute my tweets because yeah, if it's an opinion and it's oh. something about fighting, you always know you're going to get the, you know, the 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 people that drive me the most insane, which are like the he's just a kid crowd. Uh, which I can't, I just can't deal with. It's like all professional athletes are kids. And don't <laughs> like play in the league. Yeah, yeah they're that's which that's a qualifier. You're too young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing that actually pissed me off more than anything is people discrediting him stepping in here because he wears a visor. And I went, "Are you out of your mind?" He fought Ryan Reeves with a bruised up face. You got to <laughs> yeah. give him his flowers. My guy has just fought, I mean, Olivier, Delorier, Matt Martin, and Ryan Reeves in 10 days. Like, I Insane. wouldn't do that with a cage on. <laughs> I wouldn't do that with a bodyguard in front of me who's like, don't worry, I'll yeah. protect you. But if he gets through, it's your turn in the full cage. And let's not, you know, let, let's make mention, there's a learning curve on a lot of things. And he's not a very good fighter yet. I like the jab though. He's got a he he seems yeah, to uh, using his reach. I think that probably came up in conversation from other people who fought who've like, hey, yeah. you gotta do something with the extra four inches you got here. 
Yeah, because it actually seemed to catch Reeves a little off guard. Like yeah, he, he like he popped him. Set. He popped him a couple times with the jabs, and then Reeves just uses his man strength to get inside yeah. and start swinging him. Four landing. times in the face by Ryan Reeves or something like he'll. It, it reminds me of Charo when he was a New York Islander and he was a gangly pipe cleaner Gumby, and then eventually everyone was like, "Oh, that's the toughest guy in the league. Like yeah. it'll get there." Yeah, the difference with Chara, though, is that he had a dad who was like a Olympic caliber wrestler. And so he had, yeah. had the weird, crazy strength training. I don't know if we'll ever get that with Rempe, but I just I think it's so awesome that the kid is that game, that he's he's willing to put together but that resume. Hockey night in Canada, Ryan Reeves, black eye, like that's that's tough. That's really tough. There's a reason why he's the number one trend on Google or they showed up. Yeah. During, I, I was like, that's that makes me feel real faith in the in the country still is that he's the number one <laughs> google search that that's still who we are as a people i went nice yeah. very nice maybe it's not all just uh articles and uh tweets from the most sensitive among us i did think though that we were going to get here to this moment mm -hmm. and he threw the hit we were like okay now he has to fight but the game got close the third period and i think typically those fighters are asked to take a back seat at that point. We don't need you to interrupt this hockey game with that right now. Take a number. So I was surprised when they fought. It was also the end of the shift for Ryan Reeves. Yep. And um, and so yeah, credit to him for still doing it. Didn't have much of an effect on the outcome, but you know Reeves got to say we didn't like that. Yeah, I thought it was great. Listen, yeah. uh, to me, getting rid of it was never about getting rid of fighting. It was I totally understood the theatrical fighting, and especially for guys that felt as though. They needed to do it every single night to stay in the lineup. And yeah, there were guys who were in the league only for that. They couldn't yeah. do other things. Um, yeah. The thing about Rempe is that he can clearly play. Like when he was on the four check a couple times a night, you're like, ooh, he's kind of scary when he's out there doing this. Like he's yeah. going to turn pucks over in the league. Uh, and Reeves has played much better as of late too, right? Like that, that line has been really good. But what I loved about this one is the game was awesome. It had a big game feel. Again, it's, it's the New York team. It's the Toronto team. They're both red hot. We got an excellent hockey game. I thought Toronto actually played much better than New York for most parts of it. But yeah, it didn't feel like, oh, we're just doing this for the sake of doing this. It felt like right. a good part of the entertainment. It was in the context, in the context yeah. of the game for sure. It was good. Um, are you good on this? Do you want to do goalie? Yeah, let's keep it moving. Yeah, let's keep it moving. Uh, Samson, I've got the belt tonight. Uh, I think he deserved the belt tonight. I think yeah. that he was the Leafs best player. Here's my question to you. What do you do now? Because you play the Bruins on Monday, but then you have a back-to-back -back Wednesday, Thursday, which means if you play Samsonov, which you should because he deserves to start the next game and he has been your starter, that means that he's going to probably play Monday and Wednesday, which would be three straight starts before you get wool on a second half of a back-to-back. -back. Like, how, yeah. how do you... It's, it's an interesting situation that the Leafs goaltenders who both really performed well in these last two games have put this team in. You you wouldn't do wool in the first of the back-to-back -back and kind of break that up a little bit? I just think it's a weird thing to do that. Like, And then also Samsonov plays the Bruins twice. I, I don't know. It's just that's not really a traditional thing to play your 1A goalie in the second half of the back-to-back. Yeah, I know you don't want to do the thing, uh, you know, necessarily that you and Sam have been bickering about which guy is their go their starter come playoffs. But I no, no, think no, no. if you're wins come playoffs, come playoffs, yeah, we just kind of put down a gentleman's bet in terms of I took Samson off for the hell of it. But I think it's at this point I pegged it like I think it's sixty forty. It would be a slight like if we we're doing you and I love the betting game, and 
I would say that Wool right now is like a minus 180 fave to be the opening playoff starter. It's a heavy like, fave. Yeah. Um, the, so in that case then, like Wool got his start in the American League, made 36-37, very good, plays Arizona, plays very well for the Leafs, gets a win. You know, I, you know, Monday's two days from now. Might as well get him right back in. He hasn't played since, was it Thursday they played? Thursday to Monday. That's a good a good window. Samsonov's good here. Like, I feel like you can just kind of just go back and forth now until someone shows they can't. It's crazy to me how many members of media do not understand goaltenders. <laughs> it's like you cannot do that. You absolutely well, cannot do that to, to Ilya Samsonov. Not after this. You can't give a guy the belt. A guy who has had psychological issues all season long and has finally found his hockey game and tell him, hey, thanks for having one of your most brilliant games of the season. Thanks yeah. for the five 10-bell saves that you made in this game. Yeah. And then sit him for the kid who just came back from the HL. Like, yeah, yeah. You know why it. you say that, JD? Because thanks for the 888 you've been this year. We're going to see if the <laughs> other guy who's good can play. Yeah, thanks for that yeah. game. That was great. And I hope you enjoyed the belt. You can wear it to hold your jeans up while the other guy plays in playoffs. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't think he can do it. To me, you, I think you got to give Samsonov the game against Boston. And you're telling the kid, hey, we don't want you having a heavy workload anyways. Like, I think it is going to be more of a traditional split, but yeah, boy. Samsonov was awesome tonight. Like he was the, really good, really good. The, the toe save that he makes on the breakaway, that save on Fox where he comes out, the save that he makes in overtime, like, like the, the block saves. I like that that game could have been over a few times, and he and he made the stops. You know the first shootout save on Panarin mm -hmm. where he doesn't move, doesn't right. give him anything, and just makes like that's our Temi Panarin. That's like the fourth highest paid player in the NHL. And you just walked him down and, and stole his soul. It you know what I thought of is I thought of Patrick Kane on that breakaway against Peter Morazic and Peter Morazic broke both his femurs biting on the first fake and, and Kane basically <laughs> did nothing, yeah. you know, like that. It's easy to bite on the really good players. And he just, yeah, Samsonov hung in there and outweighed him. That was impressive. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's strange. I'll be honest. I don't know what the hell they do. I, I, I would assume based on Keefe's track record and the whole, like, you don't mess with success, you don't mess with the winning lineup, that yeah. you go back to Samsonov against the Bruins, especially since it is a bit of a statement game. But then you're right. Maybe they don't handle it the traditional way when it comes to the back-to-back. -back. And depending on the play of the goaltenders, maybe you come out of that back-to-back -back and it's determining who's getting the next Saturday night game. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. It's an interesting spot because the Bruins here are now – this is a big moment. The Bruins lost to the Islanders uh, tonight. And so now the Leafs are six points back with two games in hand. Like mm. they're catchable now. This is mm -hmm. so, that, you know, the, these are big points coming up this week. And it may, this may be the first time we have a coach making a statement where both good goalies are available and he's picking the one he thinks is giving him a better chance to win. That's, you know what though? That's also the best. That's the best point of it all. That's all the psychological, who cares? It's yeah. how do you get these points? Because, you know, I thought you on the, you were on the panel the other night and you made an excellent, you guys were all discussing who would you like to play out of all these teams? Kipper mm -hmm. was like, play the Rangers, get out of the division. Uh, Panthers. I can't imagine anyone picked them because that's obviously not the team you'd want to play, but no. you picked the Bruins because, you know, you made the point about their middle six kind of not being overly strong. And it, yeah. it just, it's a, it's a kind of gettable team. And if I'm Toronto, I definitely want to use these regular season games as not only do we want to catch you, but we kind of want to make a statement of 
we're, we're better than you. We're really not afraid of you heading into the postseason. Yeah. And I think they would be within their rights to feel that way about their team. I, you know, I, as I mentioned, I, I think Boston has some good players. The Leafs have some too, you know, it's, it's not, I don't look at the Bruins like I did in the past. I also think that they got off to a, a start that was built on the backs of goaltending. And if their goalies look human, they look like pretty much every other team to me. Florida, on the other hand, does not look like every other team, but that's, you know, a different kettle of fish. So, yeah, big, big game, and we'll see which way, uh, you know, Keefe sees it. I saw a, like, fake uh, mock trade the other day of uh, Panthers getting Jake Gensel, and I went, that just can't happen. <laughs> you just can't. I think, isn't he like a Hannafin front runner too, or Tampa Bay or something like that? Yeah, Hannafin will well, end up in Florida too. They're they're a they're a front runner for guys because they know they can get aggressive because the team is really 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 good. Uh, yeah, but anyways, uh, I didn't like the second Samsonov goal just to kind of round this thing out. I think he should have had it. Uh, the throw like check off the rush. Yep, didn't didn't like that one from him. Uh, thought that the Leafs actually played a really good game in front of him for the most part. But then yeah, mm-hmm. late in the contest, he kind of had to turn it up. And then kind of, yeah, save their ass late. So uh, kudos to him. I still think. I don't love uh, the Leafs forwards here, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, break it down. Well, Nice nice dives in. Like, you know, Matthews and Marner are on the rush. They're on a bit of a two-on-two. You're you're the guy. Like, we need to have a conscience out here. And he tries to die, jump in and pick a, intercept the pass. And all of a sudden, you got Brody and Lilligren on top of Samsonov before they enter the zone. You know, like, he put the, the D in a bad spot, I thought. Well, you know who else noticed that was Sheldon Keith because he took him off that line for the next shift and put Yarncroc up there. Did he? I didn't notice. He that. sure did. Keith is going with the accountability stuff with the defensive coverages. Like that's, mm. you know, it was what it was kind of lame when he benched David Camp and he was like, "You're the problem." <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> was like fixed it. Yeah, but having a game where he sat William Nylander uh, for basically half of a period and then also puts Matthew Nyes down for a couple of shifts. That was another, it was another good game for Keith. You know, uh, give Willie credit too. He doesn't play for the final, you know, half the first period. He came out and they showed the clips of him like banging shoulders of the guys on the bench. Like, here we go. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a part, they didn't lose him. He didn't sit there and sulk, whatever. And I, I think, you know, deserve some credit sometimes because other, other guys do. I yeah. thought he was really engaged actually. Like you started to see his back checking in a couple of spots in that game where he was super aggressive with it and he was hard on pucks. That was just... It was especially risky, though, from Keith's standpoint, why I give him credit sticking with it, is they got a four-on-four opportunity there, and they decided to go with Yarncroc and Tavares instead of putting Nylander. It really just eats on four-on-four. That must have ruined Keith. That's what I mean. I was like, dude, you lose this game, or you get scored on on one of these, and you're it's firing season. Like, not you're getting (laughs) fired. I mean, like, it's firing the take season about you letting pride come before the fall. Yeah, yeah. you know, process, results, whatever, but good for him for actually sticking with the guns because you would have thought, if you would have told me, well, they're getting a four on four, I'd have been like, yeah, yeah, uh, the suspension is over now. Like, you got to get on the <laughs> By the way, uh, what a week for you guys, uh, myself included. Three Leafs games and the trade deadline in the next five days. Yeah, we be working. Be working. Subscribe to uh, all these podcasts, by the way, yeah. Real Kipper and Born. JD Bunker's podcast and Leafs talk, of course, uh, if you want to listen to all those different things. And yeah, are you on the panel too? Are you doing deadline coverage? Are you just doing your show? What are you doing this year? No, we are. Kip Kip and I are going to pop our, I think we got two like three minute hits in suits in the studio. Yeah. Which is, you know, I don't know. You're not the numbers guy anymore. You're not the, the, the stats guy. 
<laughs> this is two years in a row. They had me do like a package on a random guy. Be like, if this guy gets traded, we'll cut to faux born. Who's pre-recorded this bit. Yeah. I, Oh yeah. I forgot about those ones. Uh, not much else from me. I got to tell you, I don't really have any other notes in this one other than to say, like to kind of close out what we were discussing a little bit earlier, which is God, Marner and Matthews are just oh, yeah. on a completely other level right now. And you know, sometimes when we don't talk about them on the show, it's not a taking for granted thing. It's just, what are you supposed to say? Like, they're so yeah, uh, good. That is, you sound so dumb, right? It's like, that was good. Do you guys see that? That was so That's cool. I, like, I, no I one else can it. do those things. Yeah, I don't know how to... I, I don't I don't know what else to say about what Marner's doing the right little, now. I know. he, But this is, you know, can can you play like this in playoffs? Is it possible to be this dominant, this controlling? This is, he's a freak. Like, watch this play. He one hand pulls it to himself after losing it. Like, when he is on, there's few people in the NHL like this. He's been incredible. I said on last show that, He's from a playmaking and space creation standpoint to me, the, the closest guy to McDavid. Uh, he's not McDavid, but just like when he has the puck on his stick, he's got to be terrifying for defenders because it's like you can't do anything. Like you're just kind of at his mercy and hoping that he bobbles a puck maybe so that you can close that gap. But yeah. he is just like he makes when you stick handle a ball through a dog's legs and it's just like jumping around trying to bite it. That's what D looked like, like just trying to just I don't know. They look like children. Yeah, I was going to say that he reminds me of like an elite, uh, like a Jamal Crawford type in basketball where the handle is just so clearly better than everybody else's yeah. handle in a league of professionals where you're like, oh, yeah, no, that guy can put the oven mitts on and still do whatever the hell he wants because it's yeah. just that degree of good. But no, it's it's not just the it's the reads he's making right now, though, like, yeah. He's just seeing everything one step ahead of everybody else. His confidence is through the roof. Yeah, you're right. That's this is the question: is do you get that guy come playoff time? Like, is it because it's dog days and like the pace is a little down right now, or really, is you it? Hope not. You really hope not, because yeah. I'd like whenever to check we, his stats by month. Yeah, whenever we get this though, whenever we get this okay, version okay. of Marner, it's yeah. like that's when you start to feel the most confident about the Leafs. Like that's when you yeah. go, oh wait, they might actually be the best team, or they might be one of the best three teams in the entire NHL. When he fades away, that's when they feel incomplete. And it's just an, another awesome game for him. Did you think that his penalty shot was legal? Uh, yes, I did. But I think I thought it was going to be legal in spirit. But one of those ones that's like kind of like, well, that's not exactly what we're trying to do. But I did think it was legal. Yeah. You? Yeah. When it happened live, I was like, there's no way they're going to count that goal. I, it. I thought I thought that the but based on the reaction of Shesterkin that he got a piece and so it was going to be like like I just knew something weird happened because yeah. I was like did he bobble it did he go backwards did it I thought it was borderline but not yeah. enough to overturn but had they called it on the ice like you went back then I would have said yeah he did it was one of those yeah. ones where it's like they called it that way so it stayed that way but it was it was close they it win was. that game because of that like Buddy, that point might matter a great deal when we sure get to game could. 82. Yeah. Uh, anything else from you? That's it, man. That's it. I like oh, yeah, the fourth Domi. line uh, and uh, TJ Brody still struggling. Those are my yeah. only other notes. Uh, Domi also the shootout winner on his birthday. Very nice for him. It was a very, he's really good in shootouts. 
Super good. In the game, he looks surprised to get the puck before he shoots yeah. it. He's always like, ah, oh, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> In the shootout, he's awesome. It's a nice and then he's got by far the best shootout swagger. When he scores, he he knows how to play the crowd. I love it. Did he get a low one of these? Or did he get, yeah, yeah, he, it was yeah. good. It was great. So happy yeah. birthday to Domi. Nice way to cap it off. Uh, JD Bunkus, Justin Bourne. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus, at JT Bourne. Uh, reach out anytime leave a thumbs up if you're watching on youtube uh share it when you see the clips come out we always appreciate that and again follow along with our podcast subscribe and review to those as well real hip from born and jd bunks podcast because we got you covered all week long uh thanks for listening thanks for watching Borny, we'll see you later buddy thanks bunk